Thank you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where I delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for information about upcoming events in the arts community. I'm here today with Alex Overby, local filmmaker, and I'm really excited to learn more about him and get inside of his head. Welcome, Alex. Thank you. It's fun to be here. <laughs> there are so many forms of visual art. Why and how did you fall in love with videography or filmmaking? Um, film is just a medium that I really found out that I liked. I, I started just making fun videos with my friends as a kid. Um, it's something that I just picked up doing as I got older, and it's something that I I guess through trial and error and through process of elimination, doing a bunch of things that I didn't like doing, I kind of found out it's what I wanted to pursue. Yeah. That's a good way to always figure out what you like doing or what you don't like doing. You never know until you try. Yeah, exactly. And you've mentioned to me that you did not study videography in a collegiate setting. Mm -hmm. How did you get acquainted with a camera and learn everything that you know now? Again, just being around small video cameras, I took a TV class in high school, um, which essentially just boiled down to like running around school with your friends with a camera <laughs> and just making ridiculous videos that were all under the guise of like information that the school needed to see, which was just us making like sketches uh, for the whole school and all the TVs around the school every morning and homeroom would play it for everyone. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, I just liked doing that, and I wanted to just continue to pursue that. And so I wanted to become better at it. So um, YouTube tutorials and just practicing things and having ideas and, and figuring out the best ways to do all of those different types of, types of things that I've learned. So Was that the class that did it for you, you think, turned you on to? I mean, I already had an interest, definitely. But I think being able to do that every day recurringly and that was the thing you look forward to that definitely I think helped embolden that interest in me so it's a good place to start shout yeah. out Mr. Altman <laughs> and what school is that at Huntington North in Huntington Indiana yeah you had a dream to turn your passion for videography into a career path and you are doing just that but what does that path look like how did you get there um, how did you make this all happen for you um, I, I don't think I'm there. I definitely, <laughs> I recognize that I'm still working towards it through doing a lot of things that I didn't want to do. I started in marketing. So my, my collegiate background, my professional background is technically in marketing. Um, I, I started as like a freelance sort of creative director type for a promotional company that put on like music events, uh, and through that, again, without really college being a professional study or a collegiate background, it was just paying attention to how people interact with us on social media and how people interact with the things that we're putting out there. Did you enjoy marketing or what were kind of some of your takeaways? I really do. I definitely enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun, um, but it's not really where the interest lied. And so I started making my own stuff to put out like with my own voice, and I found that it's, it's more fun to push my own things than it is to, I guess, push someone else's story because it's not something I'm as interested in. And so uh, ultimately, I think that's just where that passion to continue making my own stuff comes from. Yeah, the artistry. Yeah. And so artistically, whose work do you look up to? 
This is a really tough question to answer, and it always has been because I don't really know how to give an answer specifically on like one category or one like subgenre because each individual thing that I'm doing, the inspiration comes from a different person or a different style of something that I've seen. So mm. like when it's comedy, there's a an old YouTube creator who is just doing podcasts now, but they're like really informational and they're about spirituality and like political stuff now. And, uh, but he started by doing these like comedic sketches and these little stories, but it wasn't like, here's a phone that's just like on selfie mode recording himself. Like these are methodic, well thought out, well produced videos that like you can tell weeks or months are put into them and it's all like a two minute video. And it's like, it might not go anywhere, but they just love doing it. And I think that's super cool. And so that's a big influence, at least when I pursue like comedy videos, like I loved how it wasn't about where this video goes. He just does it because he's passionate about it. And his name is Julian Smith. I forgot to add that, but uh, he's super cool. I I like his stuff a lot. And I, I like the person he's become online too. I think that's really neat. When I'm doing like more dramatic stuff, more, I guess, edgy sort of stuff. I like, um, like Tarantino films. I like uh, David Fincher stuff. I really like that visual aesthetic. It's very dark. It's very brooding. But again, there's so many like little tiny facets and little subcategories of all that stuff that I have interests that are pulled from just all over the place. It can be an image that I saw. It can be a line that someone said to me that just sparks an idea. So it's it's a tough question to answer. Yeah, just kind of depends on the moment, the day, the project. Yeah. Like, if I had a specific example, I might be able to pull, like, the exact thing that inspired it. I just can't think of any at the moment. That's fair. I mean, when I'm listening to music, I might hate something one day, and then the next day, depending on a mood or a feeling or the ultimate goal of whatever I'm trying to create, can feel totally different about something or want to look to a different artist. Mm -hmm. So, that makes sense to me. Do you have a single message that you try to stay with your work, or is every piece different? It definitely depends on the project. Um... I'm constantly in search and trying to figure out like the voice and the style that I want to portray when I do something. Um, For example, the video that you and I filmed, that idea came from my head and then I was able to cite an example of someone who's done something similar and I loved the style that she did um, with it and I thought that was really, really cool. But um, getting back to the question, a single message that I'm trying to convey uh, no, I don't think there's a single overall message. I, I wouldn't even be sure how to pinpoint what my message is. I just, I guess when it comes to like the stuff that I put out, that's generally comedy based, it's just to be relatable and it's to give someone an opportunity to take a second from their day, whether they're stressed or tired and just want to kind of zone out. It's, it's just to give them something to zone out to something that hopefully can inspire them in a way or make them happy. I guess that would be one thing I try to do yeah that's awesome what's your favorite editing software I can't say it's my favorite because I hate it Uh oh but it's all that I use uh, (laughs) and it constantly hinders me then it enables me and I don't like that but it's Premiere Pro it's the Adobe Suite in general uh it's software it's there (laughs) it's there it exists use it what's your favorite lens or technique this is probably a more fun question um, I I was thinking about this question earlier. I 
I use a 35 millimeter and I use a 50 lens for pretty much everything that I do because it's something that's just always on my camera. Mm-hmm. Like it just sits on my camera. I don't ever take it off. Um, it's reliable. It's easy to use. It's And generally I like the look that it gives when you're looking at the video or, or uh, photos that you take with it. Um, I really like like ominous camera moves, like really slow slider shots that like push in and stuff because it feels like an omnipresence is there watching whatever's <laughs> happening. And I just think that's kind of cool. And uh, I love bringing that sort of stuff into a place that you generally wouldn't see it, like bringing really dark, like cinematic stuff to like humor. I think that's hilarious because it's just generally something most people don't experiment with. And I think that's a lot of fun. I'm going to ask you something that you are not prepared to answer at all. Let's do it. But we're going to do it. So if you're creating something funny but mm-hmm. slightly obscure or dark, mm-hmm. is there ever a question of, I'm an artist in Fort Wayne, will people like this? Will people watch this? Or does that even matter to you? I used to really get caught up in that. I used to think, well, the local people that follow me are just going to think I'm weird. <laughs> and, you know, like I'm going to see this person probably this week, just somewhere around town. They're going to think, oh my God, that guy is just insane. And ultimately, I I remember seeing there's people online and people that I look up to, whether they're online or in person, they always say something like, if you're not making these things because you enjoy them, there is no point because you have to want to watch something before anyone else will care. And I don't care how obscure the idea is. Like, when I'm there filming it with someone, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. This is the stupidest thing ever. Um, But, yeah, I just, I want to make something that I want to watch. And that's where it starts. And if I get worried about, like, how someone will perceive it, that can kill a shoot or kill an idea for me. But generally speaking, I just go for it. On April 13th, you were going to sit on a panel discussion titled Creative Collaboration Chatter at the Indiana Dance Festival. And you'll be joined by Karen Gibbons-Brown with Fort Wayne Ballet, George Calamaris, professor at PFW and former poet laureate of Indiana, Elizabeth Mikatadze with Mikatadze Dance Theater, and Miriam Morgan with Arts United. And this topic is crucial for young artists and it has been pretty buzzworthy in Fort Wayne in regards to the intentionality behind creating shared audiences between different groups and people and pushing the boundaries of art in our hometown. And I'm sure we'll hear a lot from you during this discussion in April, but in the meantime, can you give us a little early insight on your thoughts regarding creative collaboration? At least for me, especially in film, it's really, really difficult to make something that's actually really good by yourself. Mm. You need help. You need people. And if you can figure out a way to both get them excited and wanting to help you on your project and also share your vision for that project, then that's like, that's the angle. That's exactly what I want. And I'm always working on figuring out how to do that because I have really crazy, ridiculously stupid ideas more often than not. And being able to show someone, like, I know this sounds stupid, but, like, wait till the final product. It's going to be really cool. But if I could help, like, transluce that product, like, in advance to them, mm-hmm. I think that would obviously help them understand, like, what the final thing's going to look like and better give me, like, what I'm looking for in my own head before yeah. that has to be done. So collaboration is important. So. so as a dancer, if I have an idea, 
I tend to have a hard time expressing it verbally in a mm. way that someone who is not a dancer would understand. Yeah. Um, so that is a piece that's very challenging for that collaborative part because I see things in my head mm-hmm. or I feel things in my body and I don't know how to verbalize them. Is that a problem with you when you go to collaborate? Do you just kind of see things in your head and you have no idea how to say it out or explain them? I've learned that, I mean, especially with me and my projects, that if I can give someone as much of an idea as I possibly can of what I'm looking for, this includes me setting up a camera and recording some like dialogue and sending that video. I'm sending them different videos of other people that they've made and I'm giving them a script, and I'm giving them as much information in advance of, like, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Because you can tell someone an idea, and they're like, that sounds great. They have no idea what you're talking about still. So I I try and convey the message as best as I can before we even get to the point of, like, recording or filming. So Yeah, that sounds like a good way to approach it. So you and I just did either a really cool or really crazy thing a few days ago. We filmed content for a four-minute video after meeting for only about 30 minutes. Do you want to talk about what that process was like for you? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you had reached out to me about speaking on this panel and uh, in regards to collaboration. And I've made some dance videos, but I haven't done it for two or three years. So it's been a minute, and it... I was thinking, I was like, well, she's going to lob questions about what's my creative process when working with like a dancer, for example. And I was like, I honestly don't really remember. I could look back (laughs) through that footage and just try and pull like the snippets of my memory. But I was like, I think it would be beneficial to just make another video. That way I can actually have like recent memory to pull from and what was that process like. And um, I pitched the idea to you. And you were all for it, and I think you are also down to be in it, um, hence the video that we filmed. But um, we put together a general, I guess, idea of like a style we wanted to aim for. And we found the location, which just happened to be right here at the Dance Collective, which I think worked out super well. I'm super excited to actually show people the video that we're working on. Um, And you choreographed two parts of a song that we agreed on, and then we kind of made it all up in between. But I think just being able to like, well, what if we tried this? Or what if we came over here and we did some stuff like on the wall or on the floor and let me change the lighting up and let's just see what we get. And if we like it, we'll use it. And if not, there's no harm. So yeah. yeah. It was very fly by the seat of our pants, but in a very relaxed, like anything goes kind of way, which Mm -hmm. I think if you have the time to just play around and create, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the difference between what you create for work and what you create for fun as your craft? I'm excited for the day that I get to turn my personal passion into my actual like day job, my career. Um, but currently, my day job really helps me focus on the really technical aspects of film, the you know, knowing your f-stops and your apertures and and knowing like which moves and editing tricks and editing styles actually make sense for like a product video or a a tutorial on how to play a certain part on a guitar. Um, Things that help me think as an editor and as an actual filmmaker, it's it's nice to really be able to refine your craft during your day job, which is really cool. Even if it's the video content itself is not something that necessarily interests me. Um, And I think the difference just between that and 
my personal stuff is, uh, I guess, get to exude creativity. Generally speaking, I'm on little to no resources, though, so it really has to make you think on your feet, and you have Mm -hmm. to be able to be super flexible. And I like, currently, I really do like the combination of both, because it's it's learning how to do the technical process on a more professional environment, but also what if you're stripped of all of those resources, how can you still accomplish the same effect? And I like kind of the the both as they coincide together. So that's the difference. I think I addressed it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. You nailed that one. And how often are you creating for fun? Uh, not as much as I'd like to be. Um, the, the problem with working, you know, a day job is that you get done from that. I like to work out. I eat, you know, dinner after that. And you're left with like three hours mm. left in your night, maybe. And, you know, in the winter, it's already dark. Everyone else also has a day job. So trying to actually put together a cl- like a project generally consists of just doing it on the weekends. People want to do stuff on the weekends. They don't want to do work. Yeah. And it's it's really tough finding the time and also just the motivation in general. Like I have a lot of ideas I'm working on, so I guess I'm still working, but I would rather be taking those ideas and actually being able to create them and put them out rather than just writing out like a script or an outline. I'd rather be shooting those and and editing them. So I think that's the biggest challenge right now. Yeah. You've entered things into Hobnobbin. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything that you're currently working on that has an end goal? Yes, I did a short film in May called The Points of Being Single. It was really relevant to what I was experiencing in the real world at the time. I was just going through like a bad breakup, but um, that person was still in my life at the time, and they were essentially in a way that they probably didn't realize. They were aiding me in writing an entire story. They were the influence of this story, which very lightly touches on it like it's it's more referenced in the short film it's not even really like a part of it really um but it inspired like a whole different story and so I made that film and I entered it in an amateur video contest last year and it was pretty well received I got some chuckles yeah I played just downstairs actually it was really cool and um I sat I sat for a few more months after that all summer just kind of going through it the motions because of this breakup unfortunately but uh, at the same time, it was very like creatively inspiring. And kind of when I was at wit's end with and fed up with just generally not being creative and not putting stuff out there, I started writing like the full series of what I wanted this film to become. Uh, and it's it's eight episodes, and it's not even something I've really like talked about to a lot of people yet, but it's something that I've been developing. And I'm not sure when it comes out yet, but it's definitely something I'm about to like start going like all the way with and, and going, turning up the gear to a hundred, I guess. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So what is the most difficult thing about being a creative? <sighs> Motivation, motivation and drive. Uh, again, working 40 hours a week, you get home. And the last thing I want to do is do more video. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's fair. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's just tough. It's tough to want to keep at it. What's the most liberating thing about being a creative? When you finally, you've had this idea, you've done all the work for it, you know, it's weeks or months or days, however much time you spend in it, and, and then you're sitting back and you're watching this thing unfold in front of you. You've, you've hit export in Premiere and you're watching your video <laughs> file 
and you're like, wow, like this is, this is awesome. I, I can't wait to share this with people or, or that feeling of like, once you have put it out or whatever it is, if it's an event, if it's a dance, people are watching it and they're reacting and you get to see reactions of people. I think that's the best part. It's so much fun. It is. I love that answer. So you asked me the question I'm about to ask you, except for I don't have to record my answer, but you do. What's next? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Ha, 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 ha. Um, in 10 years? Uh, so when I'm 34, oh gosh, I have no idea. Um, if film is still a viable thing, I'd love to be doing that like on a professional scale, uh, making films or whatever the medium for that time is. Who knows what's happening in 10 years? Um, I guess just maintaining and still being super creative. That's, that's obviously the goal for us all. Yeah. If someone just met you, what is the one thing you'd want them to learn about you? This is the question I could not write an answer for. Really? I was stuck on this question. I, I thought, well, maybe I'd want to tell them like, oh, I make, you know, fun videos or, oh, I'm a filmmaker. And that just feels so disingenuous to me. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a more like, like open-ended sort of, of feeling and answer. I just, I, I want to be genuine around people, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't know. I'm not best sure how to explain that to someone. Yeah. I'm unapologetically myself. That's a good one. Yeah. That you're just who you are and you tell the truth. I try. Yeah. I definitely try. Okay. Authentic self. Trying to be. Yeah. Trying to be my most authentic self. There we go. And where can we find you on social media? I think my Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram is at Alex Overby. A-L-X. Can't even spell my own name. A-L-E-X-O-V-E-R-B-Y. <laughs> yeah, and we're leaving that in. Yeah, that, that's fine. that out. You're, that you you're had, leaving it in? Yeah, that you... My inability to spell. Yep. Perfect. Now, if we go to your Instagram, what can we expect to see? You're going to see dank memes... You're going to see some photos that I've taken over the last few years. I was kidding about the dank memes part. I'm not that funny. Um, you'll see some videos I've made. You'll see some photos I've taken of people. And you'll see some like cinematic projects that I've also done. Um, it's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Just what we want to see when we're on Instagram. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for letting me ask you some of the tough questions. No problem. And I am really looking forward to our panel discussion at the Indiana Dance Festival in April, um, which actually when this comes out will be literally right around the corner. Oh, perfect. Um, Because it's great that we're doing a dance festival, but it was kind of like how can we engage all of the people who – work within the movement arts realm but aren't necessarily the dancers on the stage yeah so for all those other artists who kind of work in and around dance um, I think hearing how we're able to collaborate and create um, something bigger could be really inspiring and meaningful absolutely looking forward to that it's got me just full of ideas and how we can better work together in the future too so so stay tuned for that yeah well, thanks so much. No problem. I want to interview you next. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's great.